0: Welcome, welcome, everybody. How's things? How's you all doing? I see you on the chat. I see Eric. I see Matt. I see JD, Elrin, Rachel Schnitzel, Elrin again, JD. This is new. Yeah, <laughs> it's the outer limits. Oh, let's focus. There we go. Welcome, red morning, everybody. Figured you'd be up on a Saturday morning. I thought what with the quarantine and all, people are going to start going to bed at a decent hour. Who'd have thunk? Uh Nothing else to do but go to bed at 9 o'clock and wake up at 6 o'clock like the early bird catching the worm. Let's set this microphone in a better position here so I can get a little clearer sound. There's a little trick somebody told me is that when you're doing video, people will forgive some of the worst video quality. As long as your audio is good. So Look at this. we got a full house going on right now. and Damn it, Borgen. Love the Abbey. Hate the coach titling. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee's coming for me anyway. It's sitting there steeping right now. I've got uh, Irish it up a little bit once it's uh, finished steeping. So we'll get onto that one here, and then I guess we'll go a little bit into the topic. Now that we've done all of our fluffing, seen how everybody's doing, police have finally become issuing for four squat form. Um, yeah, what's up, guys? <laughs> Coach, fuck off. And it's Ryan with an I. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, I know I have like a horrible upload schedule where there's little gaps in there. So working on that one, you can always check these things out. Spotify, iTunes, podcast suite. There's like 20 different platforms. I'm going to start putting, I've had a Twitter account now for our consulting. That's going to be for all this logistical stuff. And I save all the shit posting for, uh, the normal Ryan stone account. So that one's going to be for our consulting. You get the links to most of this stuff from it too. Feel free to follow it. But for the most part, I retweet things so you don't have to. Let's just say that one's going to be uh, a much cleaner, a cleaner one. And, you know, heaven forbid, if I ever say the wrong thing to the wrong person to get removed, you're still able to find the content. Now, this content, here's the funny thing. I was thinking about what to talk about for uh, Red Morning today. And I try to keep them separate from rule zero, unless there's a nice angle that I know we won't cover. And it's something I can expand upon. Um, John, Modern Life Dating John, who by the way, his Body Language Mastery course is coming up. It's open, I believe today. And it's gonna be open until Monday, I think end of work day. Don't quote me on that one. If you guys are on my email list, I'll send you some details on that one. Um, I think we're gonna have John on here do an impromptu live stream at some point talk about it there. So far everybody who's been taking it, I've never heard a bad word about it. Everybody seems to really enjoy it. They kind of stick around. He does double daily webinars with the damn thing. So even if you're completely thick, thick AF and can't understand anything, he will literally walk you through it and he's got teaching experience, which I know mean, I used to be a teacher too back at Fleet School, so I can kind of see he's got he's put some effort into it. He's actually got you a a proper teaching plan. Proper course. Pretty good quality. Like I said, it's I don't recommend a lot of things, but uh, it's definitely one that I enjoy. Um, I hope everybody's doing well now with the passing of Kenny Rogers and everybody's panic over Kenny Rogers' death. <laughs> um, as far as panic goes, I mean, whatever. Anyways, so I was thinking about the topic. Something different from Rule Zero, and it's something that's been coming up a lot, and John brought it up to me. It's how... Usually you're going to find, and we've all been noticing this with uh, YouTube, Twitter, all the views and all the places that you can find us. Things kind of go up for a while and then they stagnate and go down a bit and then they go up again. And apparently this is because a lot of you guys, and I've done it myself with YouTube channels, you uh, sign up to a guy, you binge watch a bunch of his stuff. Then you kind of trail off for a bit and then you find it again after a little while and it kind of has this undulating pattern to it. And the reason why the, the dips don't go big is because that's where new followers are filling in the gaps. Now, I guess there's a bunch of you guys here that are brand new, haven't even read Rational Mail, have no idea what the Married Red Pill is or who the hell I am or my Batman origin story. And that's awesome. That means we're reaching new people. You guys are sharing the wealth you're spreading, those likes and comments you're doing, doing a great job. But you guys may not know some of the absolute basics. And yes, do listen to uh, listen to Rodolfo. Hit the like button. I have no idea what it does, but everybody swears by it. So if you do that, good things will happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, basics. And I thought, what's the most basic thing out there? And there's kind of a bit of a different strategies, but same material between a single guy and a relationship guy within like a red pill I don't know, idea. It's better Jeez, Marty, you're going hardcore there. Um, so for the most part, if you're dating a girl, if it's plates, if it's just casual dating, and she does something you don't like, you just leave. It's the easiest, strongest solution. You can't convince a girl of anything. Um, it's not worth your time to try. Why is this so much effort when it doesn't have to be? Maybe a girl uh, just disrespects you because she has so many options. She's never considered having to act right. So you just leave. Problem comes with once you're owning real estate together, maybe you're married, maybe you have kids, some kind of situation has happened where you can't just get up and walk out the door. We all make our choices that's where it's at and so we could have to develop some different strategies and it was a guy named Os- solos thought you know next thing doesn't really work when you're married for 14 years and you got two kids in the house and the mortgage half paid off. so let's examine some different things and he made the married red pill. And that's where guys thought, what else do we do from there? And that's where you come up with names like uh, Athel K., Ian Ironwood, um, even Rolo for the most part, largely on the relationship side of things. And a couple strategies came out. Now, one of the best ones, and it's something that my latest cooking video talks about, Amuse Mastery, is one of the key ones. I would say the key tools would be Amuse Mastery, Agree and Amplify, Fogging, Pressure Flips, and Negative Inquiries. So we're going to mostly focus on Amuse Mastery, but I mean, we're here for two hours. Guarantee there's going to be some time for the rest of the stuff. <laughs> on that note, though, let's take a quick break. Let's drink a coffee. I don't want to be lame like Scott Adams with that Boomer communal sip thing. I know a lot of people are caught on to that. They like the idea of routine with the audience. And as long as it's something comforting and consistent, then people tend to be more engaged. Maybe. Um, I still think it's lame. What I would rather do instead is just have a very similar format, so you kind of know what you're expecting, kind of like a military report. You can basically tune it out and still catch the parts that interest you because they're the parts that are different. And if it's not different, you already know what's going on. <laughs> Marty, man, I don't know. You're getting all weird on me. I think you've gone. I think you've gone full uh, lizard people. Anyways. So, what is the purpose of all these tools I just talked about? Oh, here one second typical old lady wants some of my coffee now I know what uh now I know what that bear felt like when they kept trying to steal his honey. I do like prodigy. <laughs> But you're, you're getting awful, um, you're getting awful <laughs> feminine aggressive here with some of these comments. People are going to start thinking that I'm talking about how to, how to throw a good left hook when the dinner's not ready. Um, so it's fitness tests, which also have, you know, SHIT tests and comfort tests. Those are the, the two general concepts that this whole thing started from. Now, what is which? Um, a comfort test is when a girl is uncertain about her place in your life and she's kind of pushing for commitment. A fitness test is where she's getting tingles. Like you're that desirable man that makes her wet and, but women have this innate distrust. It's called the innate skepticism bias. And so this is her way of kind of like confirming what she's feeling right now. Most of the time, guys mistake that for just plain old disrespect or a girl that can't stand you which is not the case it's more like being cheeky when she's flirting as opposed to like just outright calling you a dope (laughs) yeah bull you got a good point i might start uh cooking on live streams it's just hard to do the camera setup and it always looks so lame everything i've set up with it so we'll see what happens i might try it out um yeah, so there's those those three different scenarios. There's a girl that's shooting for comfort. And there's a girl that's shooting for uh, confirmation of her tingles. And then there's just plain old-fashioned girl doesn't like you. And you know the old saying is that watch how a girl acts when she doesn't need anything from you, and that'll let you know about her. Well, a lot of times girls are just right bitchy when it's somebody they don't want anything from and don't need anything from, and there's no consequences to being a prick to them. Put that one aside. If you're If you're in a relationship, chances are you're at the point where... Your girl at least used to like you. And if she doesn't, well, then there's nothing you can do about that. That's what's called Briffault's Law, which is uh, Robert Brifault came up with this study back in the 1800s where he found with a lot of animal species and some uh, tribes in the dark continent and that, and that the female essentially um, set all terms and conditions for the relationship between you know the male and the female. And then when there was no benefit, there was no longer a relationship. For the most part, it's a good heuristic to see on relationships. So if you see a girl actively disrespecting you and that, chances are she's already checked out. Now, if you're seeing fitness tests, that's a different story and they can look very similar. So you have to kind of be aware and this is where understanding attraction, but we'll get to that later. Now we're gonna focus on the strategies here. Um, so you're getting those points those fitness test points. And those are good signs. Like, if you're not getting any grief from your girl, chances are she's just apathetic. And the opposite of love is not hate, it's apathy. So, a little bit of hate's not a bad thing. A little bit of hate's a good thing. Uh, quick song here with Find the Formula. For some reason, this live stream doesn't or doesn't show up on my subscription feed. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Um, well, it's not weird. It's actually kind of a pain, but these things just aren't popping up on subscription feeds lately. And I don't know what to say about it. It's just something to do with YouTube. I wish I could tell you what it was, but I can't. Oh, lost the chat window. Last thing I want to do is lose the chat window. See what you guys are up to. Um, I'm going to take a quick break here. A shout out to Adriano Lamos. Thank you for the $2 super chat. You know what I should do? I should actually put it here so we can, uh, Let's actually add your thing so people can see these questions. I think it's question. Yeah, that's the one. Let's uh, clean that up a little bit here. We're going we're going high tech with the special effects now. We're going to put these questions up. Uh, um, just a quick thing of your question, though. You're going to have to let me know what the heck this is because I have no idea what you're talking about. This is from Adriano Ramos, $2 super chat. And would you drink Lewart coffee? I don't know what that is. Um, I'm assuming coffee is coffee. Let's get this a little bit bigger so you guys can see this. Yeah, coffee is coffee. I don't really know what it is. Um, Yeah, it's it's not like a shadow ban. Here's the thing. (sighs) YouTube is kind of funny when it comes to... uh, When it comes to how they show things, the subscriptions feed used to be, if you were subscribed to it, they would show you their videos in order of release, but they don't do that anymore. It's always a curated list based on what you watch. So it's actually encouraging people to be more like clickbaity and, uh, the home feed is stuff that you think that they base. It's like, uh, Netflix where people who watch this also watch this. So they try to recommend and put some good workflows in there. It's not so much a shadow ban, but with the uh, reduction in staff that they have there now, they can't do a lot of manual reviews for content. And because they're trying to crack down on false information about, about uh, Kenny Rogers death. They've just taken the, it looks like they've taken the decision to kind of throttle people who are doing live streams. Cause they just can't trust that people aren't going to sit out there talking about lizard people. And I kind of agree with them. I mean, Two months ago, everybody in the sphere was talking about abundance and chicks and preparation and leadership. All of a sudden the flu times 10 comes out and guys are at the store grabbing tampons on mass talking about the lizard people. Like I really, I used to think YouTube was horrible for free speech, but then I started seeing what they have to deal with for guys like the sphere. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of on their side on this one. <laughs> um, Back to the question though, Adriano, I don't know what Lewak coffee is. Actually, you know what? We have a giant information box. Let's see what the heck that is. Information box, take me to the Lewak coffee. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, yeah, that's that super expensive coffee that those civettes, those French cats eat and then it poops it out. Um. I would try it, but I'd always try everything once. The But the thing is, I don't understand what's supposed to make it better about being coffee. At best case scenario, it's uh, beans probably aren't digestible. And once you've roasted and cleaned them off and all that, any anal gland stuff that maybe is delicious, I don't really want to risk it, is probably gone. So I have a feeling it's one of those... Uh, luxury items that's just a luxury because of how rare the event is. Like a manufactured rarity. Kind of like diamonds. Not really very valuable. Um, I'd try it, but I'm pretty sure I would notice it's not any better than any normal coffee. So, Uh, we got to get back to Amuse Mastery. Poor Pettos with a shopping cart full of tampons. Dude, some of the stuff I'm seeing out here is just ridiculous. And I'm doing... My goal, once I saw how crazy people were going and how clickbaity they are about Kenny Rogers' death, is I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to what works. A lot of people I've talked to their lives have not changed. Um, even now we have a, uh, situation in Ontario where they basically closed down non-essential services. And then you look through the list of what's non essential. The only thing that didn't make the list of essential services was, uh, restaurants that don't have takeout. That's it. Weed. Illegal six months ago. Now, essential service. So I'm really, I can already tell that people are being fed security theater. And security theater is where you uh, use a feel-good measure. It's something that sounds really good, makes people feel calm, but doesn't actually have any, uh, any uh, functional change. Um, Glenn Lawrence, the $2 Super Chat. Hey, did you receive my email? That's a good question. When did you send it and where did you send it? I probably have. Um, if there's something I should have addressed, probably wait till after the podcast, unless you want to deal with it now, because pretty poor taste to be checking your email during a podcast. But yeah, if you just sent it, chances are, I just haven't checked my email this morning. I usually start with these right away. I don't expect people to send Saturday morning emails. Kudos to you though. But if it's something in their address, I'll take a double check this morning. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, Oh yeah, Amuse Mastery. Okay, so you're getting fitness tests. Girls disrespecting you, but in a playful way to make sure she's like, all right, he's kind of turning me on, but I want to make sure I'm doing it. Girls do this. doesn't matter if you've been married for 20 years or you've only just met her. They all do this. It's based on the innate skepticism bias. And if you want to read more on that, um, Dr. David Buss and Cindy Minson talk about it in Why Women Have Sex, an 800-page slog of a book where they go over 40,000 research reports based on female sexuality, the kind of things that turn them on and the reasons they actually have sex. Funnily enough, um, horny barely makes the list. I think it's like out of the 100 reasons, it's like 97. (laughs) Oh yeah, Marty, dog food is uh, an essential service. We were all prepared too. We bought three pounds of raw food. Plus we had cooked a whole bunch of extra slop for them. We're like, all right, we're hunkering down. Now it's not essential. So we just go back to our normal schedule. Mm. All right, Glenn, I'll double check on that. It probably just got uh, lost in the, lost in the mix. I'll make sure I get to it though. Thank you for the reminder. When in doubt, when in doubt, by the way, for uh, communications, Twitter DMs are usually good. Um, Patreon never send me stuff through Patreon. Their interface is horrible and I never find anything. Emails are pretty good, but like I said, sometimes things fall through because I got a ton of spam and I've been working best to get email inbox zero. Muse Mastery. I'm going to stay focused here. So a girl starts giving you grief for whatever reason. And it's something that came out of a Royce article back in 2008 where he says, uh, never take them seriously. And he would talk about how the girls in DC where he was running game were just completely horrid people like they were so used to male thirst that they acted horrible because they could I've even seen it I've had friends in college and I talked about this in one of my videos where her name was Kim and she used to get all this thirst and she was an okay looking girl she wasn't the most attractive girl you've ever seen in your life she's like a five like most girls They're just average And she got so much thirst. She just started at the bar. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to see what I'll get these guys to do before they tell me off. And she used to flex on us with this. Like, watch this. And she'd get him to go buy a round of drinks for all of us and smile at there. And eventually the guy would get mad and just call her a bitch and leave. And it was like, oh, fuck. But that's because they're taking her seriously. Like, don't take girls seriously. There's no reason for it. And even if it is something serious... If it's serious and they can't talk to you about it like adults, well, then it's not serious enough to be serious about. And so Amuse Mastery was uh, an emergent strategy that he, well, not him personally, but he was the first one to write about it. Afterwards, about four years later, Rolo in the Rational Mail wrote about Amuse Mastery. And he kind of noticed that, yeah, Royce is using this on chicks that he's dating in D.C., but I also use this on my daughter when she's acting all bratty or my wife when she's giving me grief. And so we kind of had a, we kind of converged on a theory of amused mastery. And that's just being completely irreverent for whatever a girl is telling you. Once it taps in once it starts going into closed communication. Now we're hitting a lot of things at once here. Closed communication, open communication, closed communication, two concepts. Open communication is sharing information. Right now, you, me, open communication. Closed communication is, you can think of that on a, a two axis chart uh, on one side of the chart, the X asset axis, it's am I higher status than the person I'm talking to, or am I lower status on the left side? It's, uh, am I against them or am I for them? And then close communication largely falls somewhere in this, and it's status jockeying for position. It's emotional searches for validation, all this stuff in there. And you could put every conversation that's not dry, logistical conversation somewhere on this spectrum. For example, a fitness test is um, a girl that's for you, so like same team, and acting like she's better than you. So you put that part on the chart there. That's a fitness test. A comfort test is where she thinks she's worse than you, and she's on your same team. And so you put that on the lower part of the chart. Disrespect is where somebody thinks they're better than you, and... Uh, They're not on the same team, put that on the fourth part of the chart. And then you get somebody who's feels like they're worse than you and not on the same team. And that's kind of like where me too accusations would go. That's why they're always like, you know, frumpy soccer moms going after celebrities. But yeah. And Theodore has a good point here too, on this. We're going to get back to it. Uh, I'm not trying to use amuse mastery, but for some reason, when my wife is mad at me, I think it's funny. It doesn't have to be a deliberate strategy. A lot of the stuff, I did just make a video on it, Marty. <laughs> that's the that's the rice video. Um, a lot of this stuff, some guys do it naturally. A lot of guys used to do it naturally. A lot of guys learn from their dads. For the most part, this isn't new inventions that we just created out of nowhere. This is just us codifying and being uh, deliberate about the things that have already been working over time. We're reinventing the wheel. We're not creating one. So Amuse Mastery at its heart is irreverence, but playful irreverence. I think one of the biggest problems guys have when they first start with Amuse Mastery is they assume that means you got to be sarcastic and dismissive. Doesn't really work because there's still a dynamic at play here. If somebody's acting like they're better than you, but they're on the same team, this is a, it's a concept called transactional analysis. That's a psychological term. Off topic, just know that uh, for the most part, people are going to have Parent, adult, and child. You kind of fit one of those archetypes and you deal with other people. So acting like you're better on the same team, somewhat of a child there. Now, what the problem is, is if you come at that like really snarky and sarcastic, you also come across as a child. So when you have the two child archetypes, it's what's called an unstable equilibrium. Eventually, one of these things has to alter or become either a parent or a child or an adult. If it's an adult, the other person just gets frustrated with you and leaves. If it's a parent, it tends to be, okay, taking the parently role. And that's where, oh, baby, are you having fun? Are you okay? These dynamics are very simple, but they manifest in complex ways. But it's pretty cool to understand them. Yeah. The helpful bit is that angry people tend to look ridiculous if you're not caught up in it. It's a great thing. Okay, so here's the thing with irreverence. Irreverence moves you from that child, from that... uh how you respond to somebody who thinks they're acting like they're better than you and acting like they're on the same team, you move up to an adult or a parent role, parent, child, a very stable thing. Very stable. You can keep that uh, transactional analysis going infinitely. Adult child less so, but still can be, but parent child is ideal. So when you act with a reverence, amused mastery, and you do it in a playful lighthearted way, you're taking the child's temper tantrum, you're taking on the parent role and then you're creating a stable dynamic right there. You're also establishing yourself and use mastery. Again, it's I'm better than you on the status side and I'm with you on the same team. So you're playing the game, but you're playing it better. And then that person's uh, dynamic tends to switch over to um, lower status than you, but we're on the same team and that's where submission comes in. So that's the ultimate goal. And that if that sounds nerdy, it is, but just know, don't let them see you sweat. And things tend to work out. You can practice it when you want. If you're on your own. Guys, you do it on your own. Um, funny story. Theodore here was talking about how he finds it funny. I'll tell you a funny one. Um, I left the toilet seat up. I don't remember when. My girl, I guess, went to go to the bathroom and she fell in. Comes into the living room. Just pissed at me. Just yelling at me. Can't believe that. You never close it. And she just starts cussing me out. Like, you never did this, 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 and this. I fell in the toilet. <laughs> And I just started laughing. (laughs) And then the, the more I laughed, the angrier she got. And then the angrier she got, the funnier it was to me. And it got to a point after like a minute and a half, it felt like an hour. Where she actually stopped getting mad and started laughing too. And then we're just sitting there laughing. Funniest thing I'd ever seen. And I think as far as amuse mastery examples go, I can't think of a better story to explain it to you. I mean, it wasn't me trying to do a tactic. It wasn't me trying to do a strategy. It was literally the funniest thing I had ever seen. And I was treating it so irreverently. She was concerned. She was convinced this is the worst thing you could do. And I was convinced it's the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And then frame wins out. And now it's an entertaining anecdote. <laughs> and that's that's kind of where you want to go with this stuff. Now, if you're getting disrespect, that's a different issue. You don't need to take it seriously. And a lot of times you can pull people out of that. The uh, in indignation quadrant. Where they think they're better than you and they're not on the same team sometimes just by being playful and on the same team you're assuming the other person is with you and you can kind of pull them over too but you know i don't like to suggest that as a strategy because too many guys treat that as a covert contract well if i'm irreverent then she'll love me i'm like no it's not how it works this is these are heuristics but they're not they're not a to b strategies you don't just put coin irreverence in slot A and get sex and submissive slot B. It's not how it works. Tuh. Yeah. JD's got a good one here. His example is um, when you want to see somebody implode from mixed feelings of rage and joy, laugh and kiss her on the forehead. These patriarchal things that go to the parent side of TA. And again, that's, I'm on the same team as you. I'm a higher status than you. And you're just kind of establishing you want them to go on the submissive side. And that's, Ideal. Um, The reason you want to do this, and this goes back to a thing I quote from Ian Ironwood, one of the very, very old red pill guys. He's gone now. He used to be a psychologist and marketing uh, professional for the porn industry. And he likes male dominated relations. Well, he doesn't like he likes them. He just knows if your goal is to maintain a relationship with maximum happiness for all male led ones, have a track record of being the best over time. He's not saying that it's the one to do. He's just saying that it's the easiest one that you know, will work with a certain level of certainty. So you always want to establish higher status and it just, it's a a concept we call the benevolent dictator and amuse mastery is a great way to establish it. And these are all like small little things. Carl talks about the death by a thousand concessions how you slowly like beta size yourself and become unattractive and more submissive and then a floor mat. And then she cheats on you with the pool boy at the end. In the same way that it takes a thousand concessions to lose yourself in your relationship, it's a thousand little fitness tests like this and a thousand examples of amused mastery that keep it high where it is. So if you're doing it as a deliberate strategy, you have to really work hard at internalizing it because like Rolo says, you can't use game. You have to become game. Sounds goofy, but it's, anyway, it works. And if you got a lot of guys here, maybe switched on, they're probably looking at this going, yeah. Why are you taking 20 minutes to explain, laugh at your wife when she's angry for no stupid reason? Well, we're doing that because if a guy was able to do work with that small piece of wisdom, platitude Twitter would be raking in the cash right now. And we already know that right now they're looking for lizard people and toilet paper. Hmm. Um, that's amuse mastery. Now I can, I've given some examples on here, but for the most part, you can't tell a guy, you can't give a guy a hundred amuse mastery strategies. Number 37 will impress you because they really are situation dependent. It depends on your personality, your style of communication, girl's personality, girl's style of communication, your dynamic. I mean, a friends with benefits, a plate, a one night stand and a wife all get different levels of engagement. If you're doing this with a one night stand, like amuse mastery for 20 minutes over breakfast, well, you're one night standing wrong. If you're treating a plate with anything but like dismissive irreverence, as opposed to actually like sitting there acting like a boyfriend and you just want a friend with benefits, well, then you're being incongruent. It doesn't work. So you have to to cater it to these things. And then, like I said, the toilet example works great in that situation because, again, spouse, we've been together 10 years. We own property together. It's something that really doesn't matter. My personality, her personality, everything just clicked. Different situations are going to require different responses. I can't just laugh at people and expect that to be amused mastery in all situations. Now, the next one, I'm going to get to it in a second. Yeah, Jay Miller, by the way, great example here too. He has a female boss. I've had female bosses and not only does this stuff really help with, uh, relationships, it helps with one night stands, it helps with daughters, it helps with siblings, it helps with parents. It helps with coworkers too. I was same way with my boss. I treated her irreverent, very bratty. Like obviously when there was an open communication, when it was a logistical talk, straight work, straight up. But then once you slide into anything more emotional than like logistics, These things work just as well. And it's a skill set to be able to flow seamlessly between open and closed communication styles. And I wish I could say there's a technique to it, but it's mostly just about understanding the motivations or the subtext. I constantly talk about storytelling and subtext with you guys here. And this is why, um, if a girl is asking you something, then understanding like the reason that she's asking that or the subtext, like why does she want to know this information? Hey, are you picking up the kids tonight after work? That's a logistical communication. That's kids, work, pick up. She just wants information. You give information, it's open, it's fine. If it's, why didn't you pick the kids up from work? That could be something different. Or after work. That could be, she was supposed to do it, but... uh, She forgot and it has to be your fault, in which case it's ego defense right now. And she's looking to protect her reputation. It could be you promised you would do it and you didn't do it. And now there's a trust issue. There's all kinds of reasons for things. But once you understand that subtext, it gives you a better idea on where to handle it. So, for example, if it's uh, you said you were going to do it and you forgot. Well, that's just, you know, my bad. I'll get it done the next time. Thanks for picking up the slack. No apologies, but, you know, you admit mistakes were made. All right, we move on. You don't want to supplicate either. That's the same thing. Always think about like keeping your status high. With your status is high, the girl enjoys you. You enjoy your girl. Everything moves smoothly. Uh, if it's at the same time because she did something wrong and she's trying to uh, blame you so she can feel better about it, well then, that lets you know right there that's something you can use Amuse mastery for. Oh yeah, babe. How about I just wipe your ass for you too, or you know whatever you want to say. Quick break here for Razzle Schnitzel with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you very much. Um, you ask, a good book recommended for open and closed communication. Okay, there's a few things I'd recommend. Um, depending on the level of resolution you want to get into it, I think a very surface level stuff, Vinkatesh Rao's books. He's got uh, Tempo and Be Slightly Evil. I think those are nice. As far as transactional analysis, well, there's, it's basically a psychological concept. So just start down the rabbit hole where you search out, uh, TA in psychological circles and see what kind of textbooks appeal to you in that, but it's going to be very dry reading. I think there's a YouTube channel called Theremin Trees. Even if he's still around, he used to kind of give you like the 10 minute YouTube synopsis of it. You might like those. Um, my blog, I have a post on power games, a primer. It'll show you kind of like a nice basic introduction to it, but For the most part, it's just kind of like a mix between TA, uh, game, and I guess, how would I refer to that? Uh, Real politic. Those three different spheres. You kind of have to read them all and you get a more comprehensive view. Unfortunately, there's not like a single book that's like open and closed communications, the field manual, because it hasn't been written as far as I can tell. But between those and like 48 Laws of Power and that, you're able to pull the thing. I would write one myself, but right now still finishing off the other book and I've got three other books that I think people would rather see first so I can only write so much and so fast so for now you're just gonna have to put up with me drinking a coffee and talking about it on a podcast on Saturday morning (laughs) but yeah I think for what like a good starting thing just check out the YouTube channel Theremin Trees he talks about TA fairly well and it's a very old channel the videos are like 10 years old um How do you spell the first author's name? I assume you mean Vinkatesh. It's V-I-N-K-A-T-E-S-H. And Rao is R-A-W. Should be easy enough to find. Even if you spell it wrong, YouTube should be able to fix that. Um, Yeah, the Gervais Principle was a good one too. Not really about open and closed communication so much, but it's uh, a nice good read. Okay. Vinkatesh. And that's close enough. I might have gotten a letter wrong needs more cartoons. (laughs) Yeah. Therman trees is the YouTube channel might be worth checking out. I don't even know if he's still around. I haven't watched that stuff in years. I just remember he was my introduction to transactional analysis and I don't want to start recommending like textbooks and that. I'd rather have a psychologist who's still in the business to do it. Um, All right, uh, agree and amplify. That's the second tool. So Amuse Mastery works for that kind of power dynamic. Next, you're going to have agree and amplify. What's the purpose of agree and amplify? Agree and amplify is walking somebody back from the ledge. So far with Amuse Mastery, we've assumed that people are emotional, but for the most part, put together, and it's more of like a jockeying for position thing and you laughing. We're not competing, dear. I'm better than you, and that's okay. I love you a bunch. Amuse Matt or agree and amplify is more to walk somebody back from the ledge. Like I said before, picture somebody who's just being erratic. And I cannot think of a better example of the need for agree and amplify than the death of Kenny Rogers and the current epidemic of Kenny Rogers. We have right now here, uh, trees. I tell you what, why don't I just pull up the channel here? Let me YouTube that for you. I should probably check to see if he's even still up. He might have deleted his channel. There you go. How's that? 10 year old YouTube channel that I haven't seen in forever. Oh, turn that off. Is he still making videos? No. Like, yeah. Oh, wait. He is still making videos. Look at that. Dude, I'm going to have to go binge again, see what he's up to. Yeah, he had like a six year break there for the longest time. Um,. So a green amplifier. Let's take, let's take an example. Let's say somebody's worried about, I don't know, Kenny Rogers. Uh, The government's put a quarantine on people that go to Kenny Rogers concerts. (laughs) And uh, Kenny Rogers just finished his world tour in China. And then he had passed away. You know, rest in peace. Great singer. Awesome. Awesome work. Let's say your girl watches news, which I don't know why she would. Ours did. Mine did. She loved watching the news and at first it was great because she wanted to understand what was going on. Give me all the information so I can make informed decisions. It's a very noble goal. Most guys do that. Most people do that. And after like the first three, four days, she was kind of noticing a pattern. The pattern was watch the news. They probably going to sneeze at some point allergies. (coughs) Take that microphone. Let's do some clipping. Um, So you watch the news, you get talking heads talking about things. Now, I'm just going to use Canadian examples. You're going to map this to your own country. Trudeau comes out, gives a very boilerplate statement. Wash your hands. Don't lick grandpa. Um, Don't screw up the supply chain. Grab a little bit extra so you don't have to go out as much, but you're not hoarding things here. All you're doing is screwing it up for people who need things. We have medical professionals. We're looking at stuff. We'll let you know if anything changes. It's a constantly evolving environment. Kenny Rogers is a very complex person. It makes sense. The news reporters will constantly try and bait him to panic so they can show panic. And then my girl was noticing. She would look at this stuff. And then she'd start going down the rabbit hole, looking at numbers. Who went to see Kenny Rogers last night? Have more people seen Kenny Rogers in Italy or in China? Who knows? And then she's kind of got this feeling of like existential dread on her. Ooh, did I just lose? uh Oh, did I lose my window? One sec here. All right, it froze. One second here. There we go. All right, my apologies, guys. I just realized, yeah, the streaming thing froze up. I had to do a quick restart of it. Thanks for bearing with me on this one. Anyway, so she'd watch the news and she'd see Trudeau say something. The reporters would try and bait him into panicking. He's very good at sticking to talking points and not answering questions, so it's the one time it worked for his benefit. She would start looking up all kinds of numbers. And the problem is, it's like the telephone game. I saw this. When the first came out, they were like, okay, it's um, 0.2% uh, fatality rate for a Kenny Rogers concert. All right. And all the way up to like, you know, 7% or 10% if you're over 80 years old going to see Kenny Rogers. I don't know why you would. All right. Now it's heavily buffering. <laughs> we'll see. We should be back to normal now. Let me know in the chat if it's uh, going better. I don't know what the quality looks like right now. It looks like it's fine. All right, it's fine on my end. Yeah, that was just a simple hookup. Anyways, we're back to normal. Um, So somebody sees that and then they'll come home and they'll exaggerate a little bit. Well, it's actually, you know, like 1% for people and like 20%. And then by the time it gets to a source that's four or five people removed from the original source, this has turned into like 80% chance of everybody going to see Kenny Rogers and not coming back. So she realized like all there's doing is going down this rabbit hole and everybody has that little bit of fear and little bit of panic, but it keeps accumulating like a rolling stone gathering, you know, gathering snow as it goes down the hill. And then once it got to her, now she's just seeing, she watches the news. People are egging her on to panic and then goes down the rabbit hole, becomes panicked, comes to me, talks about some completely insane stuff. Now, the instinct and I did this myself at first, which was pretty stupid on my part, but um, the instinct was to the instinct was to uh, explain it. okay look, it's not that bad. Here's the World Health Organization talking about Kenny Rogers. everything you need to know is right here doesn't here's the problem with that as a strategy. Um, girls have emotions and their emotions to them are as real as what you can see and what you can touch and what you can taste. So the worst thing you can do when a girl's emoting is to tell her that her emotions aren't valid. Yeah, you feel you should feel bad because your feelings are bad. And all you're going to do with that is you're escalating the situation, things, making things more combative. And instead of going with that higher and lower status, now you're on for the same team or against the same team. Or for each other or against each other. Now you're against her and now she becomes more combative. Depending on if she thinks she's better than you, she might end up being irreverent towards you, making fun of you. If she considers herself lower status in that conversation, she becomes indignant. Also not useful. Yeah, so it looks like you guys just need to refresh the channel there and uh, the hiccup is out of the way. Just a little blip on YouTube's end, but we got it all working now. Um, So what you do instead is amuse mastery. Or I mean, agree and amplify. And that is good because... You're kind of doing like a judo thing, using the own energy against her. Kind of sounds weird to refer to it that way, but you can, it kind of gives you a good mental model of what's going on. So she's being erratic and emotional. You're taking that and being so much more erratic and emotional that it has her click in. It's like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm kind of crazy right now. Okay. Yeah, whatever. And she kind of clicks her back in. It's like a cold splash of water to the face. Like, oh my God, Kenny Rogers is coming here and it's like 14%. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> boomers are dropping left right and center they're doing things on the street look out there and we have no traffic look out in the building everybody's down there looking at kenny rogers right now and then she kind of looks She's like oh. <laughs> kind of makes fun of me she might lip call me a, a dick or whatever and but then that's fine And we move on and then she kind of she's a smart girl most girls are smart girls they're not stupid but um and then she realizes it. Oh, she draws the connection. Like, oh, okay, so this guy's not panicking. Not only is he not panicking, he's kind of irreverent about it, and it kind of snaps me back too. And then once you know, I'm looking for, well, what do I follow? Do I follow these guys screaming and panicking on TV, or my man right in front of me who's not panicking for whatever reason? And it kind of helps her reframe the things in her own head, like Inception. She comes to the conclusion herself. All you are is that positive influence, and when people are going completely crazy, you kind of just do and agree and amplify, and it snaps her back in. And that's the great purpose of that. (laughs) Um, It's not a guarantee it's going to work either, but it tends to work fairly often if you got a girl that's just temporarily off the deep end. If you got a crazy nut, it's going to have limited success. But the goal here isn't to change the girl. The goal here is to change how you react to the girl when she's being emotional. And in this case... What you're trying to do is have the stronger frame. So she's panicking. You can get angry about it. You can panic about it. Her frame wins. Or she gets emotional. She gets, you know, anxious. You're calm. You're stable. And you're joy- And you're joking around about it. But in a way that doesn't invalidate her emotions, which makes it more likely she's going to come into your frame. Assuming you're not a uh, bag of shit, then you'll be just fine. So that's agree and amplify. I'll do a quick thing in the chat here. I know I've missed a bunch of you guys and we're talking about the connection right now. So Uh, let's close, pop out that chat. Quick popping into the chat, see how everything's going. Yeah, so if you guys haven't, just refresh your browser quickly. Uh, YouTube had a little hiccup with the connection and everybody's going to get like a weird buffering error right now. I guess I should type that too because refresh browser. for crying out loud. If buffering. So I see in the chat, you guys, and this is, dude, I love this stuff. So here's the thing. I'm talking about these concepts to you and you're not just sitting there as a passive audience, which is awesome. You guys are actually just swapping notes and at its core, this is kind of what red pill is guys just talking about what they did in their life and the results it had. A lot of this stuff is going to be BS. A lot of it may not work, but eventually emergent strategies come out of this, which is kind of how we got to where we are now. So it's really awesome to see things. It kind of feels like I'm in the sphere 2011 before everybody went crazy. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Pretty sure that is a keto. Dude, the Steven Seagal. Dude, you're killing me. Killing me. Ah. Uh. I just realized I had desktop audio on and I have no idea. Was there audio playing in the background of this? I hope not. Uh, Kenny Rogers, when I first, it changed my account. Finding a Korean Amplify was one of the best things to ever happen to my relationships. Yeah, Marty, I'm not surprised, honestly. Like these things sound so simple, but in retrospect, like once you internalize them, they become just the state of being and it makes everything so much easier. You stop reacting to absolutely everything. A lot of guys talk about how being aloof is a uh, attractive quality, but like these are the actual processes and strategies and mental models used to get to being aloof, as opposed to just calling yourself aloof as like a narcissistic fantasy, saying you're a stoic, meanwhile you're yelling at your wife because she burned the muffins. All right, good. Uh, in my background here, to kind of keep a cadence going, I have some like slow vaporwave plan. And I don't want it on here because I would hate to get a copyright strike because I'm listening to music while I'm chatting with you guys to try that. By the way, if you're having a a conversation on like a live stream or a meeting, put something with a, a cadence on it and you'll actually slow down how fast you talk in this case. So actually here's some things here, a little sidetrack, whatever. We're going down this little rabbit hole. We're here now. Um, For human speech, we average between 100 and 150 words per minute. So if you ever have to write a speech or you ever have to speak in front of people, just know that for every minute, you're going to have about 150 words. Ideally, you want it to be about 100 words, especially if you want to get emphasis on certain points. You play with them, and that's called a cadence. It's like a rhythm. When you think of like a beat, that's your cadence. So if you're just passing dry information that most people kind of have a cursory knowledge of anyway, you go a bit faster to kind of give people a rhythm to go through it. But then when you want to emphasize something, slow it down to 100 words a minute, say it, repeat it. And it's a good way of putting emphasis onto things by changing your pattern of speech. One of the tricks I found when practicing it is to have music playing at a certain BPM. And then it really helps you tailor your speech to that speed. <laughs> Ribby, Oh, Ryan, killing me, cadence. <laughs> oh, I take it, this is that American Canadian thing. What do you guys call it, cadence, cadence? I wish Richard would unblock his chat. Yeah, honestly, um, Rich doesn't have the patience that I do. I think coming from Reddit, I'm used to seeing people that are absolutely ridiculous. Rich is a Gen X. The idea of people shitting up your comments just for the sake of it are so foreign to him. He's just like, you know what? If you want to talk to me, you got to pay me. Like, he doesn't have the patience for it. He would get angry. So I understand why he does it. It's not your guys' fault. It's not our fault. It's the fault of, like, you know, the Pat Stedman types there who just want a shot at the champ. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are Canadian from Ontario. So what am I saying at the American way, Rib? Or are you saying at the American way? Cadence or Cadence? A or ah, um, irrational confidence. That's a different episode. We'll get to that one. But for now we left off with agree and amplify. Let's move this light down a little bit. Um, we did agree and amplify. We did amuse mastery. Now let's talk about fogging. Fogging is the third tool. Fogging is a little bit different. It's similar to a green amplify. It's similar to a muse mastery, but it's a very muted form of both. This is those ones when somebody's actively like trying to establish frame. When I talked before about that example of uh, somebody expressing themselves, and then you have two choices. They're not being super emotional. They're not jockeying for position. It's more of a frame establishment. Now let's say you got two choices here. Somebody starts emoting to you. I mean, you can always not engage. That's an option. But if you are going to engage, have a goal. In this case, your goal is to uh, excuse me. Your goal is just to you know smooth over the conversation. And so fogging comes in a very specific circumstance. In this case, it's somebody's telling you an emotional statement of some sort. Expecting you to dear or justify yourself, or defend, excuse, explain or rationalize. Validation-seeking behaviors, also part of closed communication, and all they are is making yourself supplicative, supplicative, and on the same team, making you submissive. So it's not a good thing. Deering, I mean, uh, fogging is a way of acknowledging that the other person had emotions, but not making them real or giving them the frame. A good example for that is when you think of somebody, you know, Oh, you never take me out to dinner anymore, but you went out to dinner last night. She has the memory of a goldfish. It just turns out the cause for that is generally that emotionally she wants to go out to dinner and she feels bad because she's not going out to dinner. And because it's not her fault, she has to look for somebody to blame. The emotions are the memory and it never happened before. But right now in this moment, You never take me out because I want to go out right now and I'm not going out. The fogging response is something similar to like, oh, I can see how you'd feel that way. That's what you're doing. You're establishing that the emotion was valid. I can see why you'd have that emotion. That's normal. But you're not giving it any credence either. I can see how you'd feel that way. Yeah, I'd probably think the same thing in your position. Like, you know what I mean? It's very non-committal. And there's nowhere that a person can take that unless they want to escalate the conversation. And girls hate confrontation, so they generally don't. But that's a good plan there. It's a very simple one to explain. It's usually a lot easier. And for most guys, if you're not good with a green amplify or amuse mastery and you're getting emotions thrown at you, fogging is a great strategy. After, you know, shut the hell up. STFU is always the best strategy. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything. You may not win the conversation, you may not win the status engagement, but you're not going to lose either. It's just a neutral. It's just a parry. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good point too, Ribney. Uh, Rule zero is going to be today. I believe it's on Rich's channel. Um, What was the topic again? Which is good segue anyway, because that's pretty much it for fogging. There's not much to discuss with fogging. Let's see here. Oh, look at this. You guys are killing me, man. You guys sign up to everybody's email list and Twitter accounts, and you keep DMing me pictures of the stupid things they say. Uh, today's list is pretty good. I like seeing two groups of people get together that neither one of us can stand. So, where's the topic? Topic, topic. There is no one, one itis and the soulmate myth. It's going to be on Rich's channel. I will put a tweet out for it so you guys can see where it's going. Bam. Look at us. So official. Okay. <laughs> am I pronouncing one itis wrong too? Is that the Canadian accent? Who am I speaking it to American? <laughs> um, again, Adriano Ramos. Thank you for the $5 super chat. If Kenny Rogers takes all the food, would you start eating your dogs? Do you have the title for the book? Um, no, the dogs are 11 pounds, 13 pounds and 17 pounds. They're essentially a giant chest or a giant air bladder with stick legs. There's nothing to eat. (laughs) To be honest, I would waste more energy carving them up than than they possibly be in nutrition. At this point, I'd be better off just eating the neighbors. (laughs) As for the title of the book, so the working title right now is Fuck Files. F-U-C-C-F-I-L-E-S. And I kind of want to stick with that one. I've got this thing like, oh, do you want swearing in the title? But I'm like, it's kind of not swearing. And I see a lot of books that are doing fairly well. They kind of have um, alluded to swearing in them. Like F-U asterisk K. I'm like, okay, so maybe it could work. So right now that's the working title. Carl has suggested Sailing Straight. But I don't want it to be like a standard book that doesn't stand out. I want something catchy. And I want something that's very accurate on it. You guys are giving me some ideas in Patreon, which is cool. By the way, if you haven't signed on, we talk about stuff like we're talking about now all the time. Let's put the link in the chat. Come on in, check it out. I don't charge until the end of the month. So if you're on the fence about it, sign up like a week early, go see what's on the go. And I guarantee you'll like it enough to want to stick around. But yeah, I'm not even worried about food, honestly. So here, if you guys really want to do prepper stuff, assuming you have an ability to heat water, all you need are dried beans, dried rice, and as much frozen corn as you can get, or even dried corn. There's dried corn around. Vegetables are inferior to meat because they don't have complete proteins. Out of the 13 essential amino acids, no vegetable has all of them, with the exception of tofu, but that's a put that case aside for now. There's something else about that that makes it bad. But between legumes and rice and corn, they actually have a combination of incomplete proteins that make complete proteins. So when it comes to as long as you can heat water, you can prepare all three of those things. and You can eat them together. They won't taste the best. But I mean, eight kilograms of rice, eight kilograms of beans and a big pile of corn is going to last you like six months may not be the healthiest thing, but it could get you through whatever you need to get through. So even a worst case scenario around, I'm not even too worried about it. Having said that, who eats dogs? Eating animals is what got us in the situation we're in anyway. If we're domesticating things, we definitely shouldn't be eating them. Even your American was Canadian AF. (laughs) I, I do want to work. Honestly, it's been like a subtle dream of mine. I've always wanted to have like an American ability to do an American standard English accent. I don't know if you guys know that one. I think the closest is like Chicago. But it was just something about it. It sounded really cool to me. And I always wanted to be able to do it. Um, For Theodore here, he's talking about bulk corn. So Mexican grocery stores are your best bet for this stuff. They actually have, uh, it's like a chicken food type corn. I can't remember what it's called. It's like a white corn. Big chunks, like this big. And they're hard as a rock. You boil them in water. You put them in a crock pot with chili and it's, cool because once you actually boil them up, they have the same, they almost look like small pieces of shrimp. They have that same outer skin, the same plumpness. They look like white shrimp, but they're very small and they're very starchy tasting and they're very good. Cost pennies, pennies, and they'll last you forever. If you haven't put those in your chili yet start, you're going to be, you know, thank me later. Trust me once you see it. I know the name of it. Actually, you know what? Let's look it up now. White corn. Uh, of course we're all gonna get those American corn Um, white dried corn yeah white creamy color blah 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 super thick it's got a Spanish name too I just don't remember what it is what is that giant white corn I think they're just calling it giant white corn dried giant white corn all right fair enough Yeah, that's what it looks like anyway. All right. So yeah, for if you're going to see it in English, it's just giant dried white corn. There's a, oh wait, maize mote pelado. Oh, hominy. That's the one. Hominy is the name. If you can find hominy, awesome stuff. It takes a little bit of work to prepare it, but it's just delicious and you're going to love it. Try it in your chili. You won't regret it. kuzo corn. Uh, if you fast regularly, then worry about food shortage gets away less. Yeah. That's the thing too. You ever watch those survivor shows? There was that one that just came out recently where guys were literally thrown out in the jungle for nothing. And then the girl was throwing tools into the lake because nobody was being nice to her. Um, I saw like, one of those guys and you guys, a lot of you guys are American. So I know for a fact, you got 70 pounds to lose. The guy spent like s- three months out in the forest, not eating and he lost 70 pounds. been in great shape ever since. But, A fast in America wouldn't be the worst thing. Just saying. (laughs) Um, So what would we do here? We did Fogging. We did Amuse Mastery. We did Agree and Amplify. Let's move past that one to Negative Inquiry and Pressure Flips. These ones are kind of outliers. The first ones, you're going to see a lot of these. um, Amuse Mastery in Royce's blog, in Rolo's blog. I thought for sure I would have saw it in either Manuel Smith or Robert Glover's No More Mr. Nice Guy, but I was having a hell of a time trying to find it. But he does have fogging in there, fogging and broken record. But uh, pressure flips and negative inquiries, I'm pretty sure those are mostly pickup terms. So a pressure flip is a good way, other than fogging, if you're a little more advanced than fogging. Pressure flips are when somebody's bringing you an accusatory tone, you know, why did you do this? What's wrong with you? Blaming you for something. If it's not your fault or it is, doesn't matter. A negative inquiry. Or I mean, a pressure flip is a way of flipping that around and turning it on her. I guess a good example of this one was a girl complaining, you know, you never do this. You never do that. You're a horrible human being, blah, blah, blah. Probably more cussing in there, but whatever. And then you go, hey, you know, this is your fault, right? Because you're the one that married the asshole. Big shitty grin on your face. (laughs) But that's, that's like a pressure flip. Like it. It's your fault, but then it's also got that irreverence to it because girls, if you remember earlier in the cast, I talked about how girls hate blame. It's like an intrinsic thing that they have because socially they need tight social circles and they need good status within their communities. Otherwise cave Stacy didn't live long enough to have cave babies. So that's how it manifests now in that girls often try to avoid blame. So pressure flip does that where you're giving her blame, but you're doing it with a certain irreverence to it. If you notice irreverence is the theme that kind of goes through everything here. But you're doing it with an irreverence that shows that you're just joking. And she can take this one of two ways. Either take it seriously, which is the way a socially awkward guy would do, take her too seriously. Girls, though, being socially savvy, way more socially savvy than guys, tend to just laugh along with it and realize it's like a, a verbal trap or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. I'll call it a verbal trap now, but so they kind of know then not, not to push this boundary because then that could make them wrong and they don't want that. Um, as far as the purpose goes, I sometimes use it by instinct. I've never seen anybody give a good articulate reason as to why that's a better strategy than say fogging. So just keep in mind, keep it as a tool chest as we do more research. And as we do more, uh, practice and field reports into it. I may have a better answer for it then, but until then we are at where we're at. And then the last one is a negative inquiry. That one I'd never use, which is so weird. You think I would, or maybe I do. And I just don't know. I'm actually going to have to pull up a thing here. Cause I know. Yeah. So that'll be definitely in Manuel Smith's uh, no more Mr. Or when I say no, I feel guilty. That's the one. So this is people who lack assertiveness. And if somebody's coming at you with very... Yeah, dude, it's just the cat. The dog right now is trying to leave and the cat's stalking him on the other side of the door. There, go or stay. I don't care which. Anyways, negative inquiry is a way to handle... Hey, Drew, you're in the chat. It's good to see you. (laughs) The irreverent softens a little. Verbal trap is a good term. Flogging should be reserved for when she gets mouthy. Yeah, spanking, great term. Works well too on this stuff. You can't always spank people, so it's nice to have a bunch of tools in your tool chest. Plus, it makes you unpredictable. That's the thing. If all you ever do is amuse mastery all the time, you become predictable, and predictable becomes boring. Um, An economic term where they were trying to figure out what is the, how can we quantify unpredictability? And it was economists talking about using baseball. As an analogy, like what is it that makes a pitcher unpredictable? And it turns out a pitcher would throw his patterns and people would get his patterns. If he changed up his pattern 25% of the time, that was sufficient unpredictability to make him an unpredictable pitcher. So in this case, if you get a good tool, if Amuse Mastery works great for you, if a Green Amplify works great for you, if fogging is perfect for you, you only need to change it up a quarter of the time. To make yourself sufficiently unpredictable that you're still a challenge, you're still fun, and it's still sexually attractive as a conversation and uh, sexual strategy. But uh, negative inquiries are done for people who lack assertiveness and people are being assertive and accusatory against you. This is one of those stepping stones, which is probably why I never used it. Being assertiveness was never the issue for me. The issue for me was just being more deliberate about it. Oh yeah, look at that. This guy's even got them. He's got a fair good chunk in there. You know what? I'll add this on there. because It'd be nice if you guys want to do a little more reading. Um, it's a bit feminine in the language, but I think it gets the point across for a lot of this stuff. So a negative inquiry is where you get people to quantify what it is they're being negative about. The example he uses in here, that meal was complete garbage. I can't remember the last time I ate something so awful. That's just somebody like looking to looking to bully you or abuse you. And then so when you see it, you're like, yeah, it wasn't the best. What didn't you like about it? And again, that diffuses the situation. And that turns this assertiveness into putting them on the defensive. You're asking them to justify what they don't like. This could work. I, I see this being good instead of if you feel the need to apologize a lot. This is probably a great way for it. Because it takes this conversation and it just kills it. Girl accuses you of being a jerk, never calling her, never taking her out for dinner. and Just agree. Yeah, I guess I don't. Why would you say that? Like, what do you mean? And it turns it from you being a dick and you never doing this into you having a conversation with somebody about logistics. And that takes out the entire closed communication aspect of it. And you get to more open communication. And you're going to find a lot of the times with girls when you're doing it, that it's never about the nail you guys ever watch that video where the girl has a giant nail sticking out of her head and she's talking about how she has a headache and the guy's like, yeah, it's because there's a nail in your head. She goes, stop talking about that. It's like my it's a horrible pain. She describes it. She, finds, she looks like, look, it's not about the nail. I don't care about the nail. I just want you to feel. And the guy's like, okay, that sucks. She goes, thank you. Big nail still sticking out of her head. <laughs> but the beauty of negative inquiries is if there's an underlying issue surrounding something, negative inquiry is a great way to get to it. It turns out that, you know, if she didn't like what you made for dinner, it had nothing to do with that. She just had a bad day at work and she's venting on you or um, you forgot she was a vegan. So it means you don't pay attention to where you don't like her. And then you're like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize it was meat or, but instead of saying sorry, you're like, yeah, I guess I screwed that one up. Well, what do you eat instead of meat? But then that becomes a logistical conversation. You remove the emotion, the status, the sto seeking, the jockeying, all of it. So for the most part, that's how your negative inquiry works. So we're going to close all that stuff up. Uh, I see JD on here talking about uh, Rao's books. Does Rao ever get review bombed by people? I'm noticing that his books seem to be very polarizing, either one stars or five stars. Dude, I don't know how the review process worked. I am surprised Amazon actually lets people who haven't bought the book opine on the book. It makes no sense. I thought the reviews were fairly straightforward. You buy the book. It gives you an option to leave a comment and you say whether you liked it or you didn't like it. And eventually it crowdsources the review of the book that you know everybody given random opinions that are very subjective will eventually come to like a good opinion about the book. But it doesn't seem to work that way. Now they just seem to be using it as a an aggregator And how do you rank these books and offer them to more people based on how many reviews they get. So I think that's why review bombing works. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if a book is any good, it's going to be polarizing. Bukowski is an author that people either love or they hate. The kind of book that everybody likes is like Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Bland pablum. Not very interesting. I bet you in five years, nobody will care about the book. I'm not saying Peterson's a bad guy or anything like that. I'm just saying the book itself is very bland and uninspiring. But uh, Huckleberry Finn, people are still mad about that one. It's probably because he drops like 500 N-bombs, but he was doing it as like an anti-slavery angle. But, you know, he's... Whatever. So that's the gist of uh, Amuse Mastery, Agree and Amplify, Fogging, Negative Inquiry, and Pressure Flips. Those five tools, five, let's get that in focus, five tools are some of the best relationship strategy or sexual strategies you can use, especially when you're first starting out. The goal is to practice them incessantly until you get good with them. Once you get good with them, you learn to internalize them. Then once you've internalized them, you no longer need the tools because you're not using game, you are game. And that should be helpful. Let's go back to the chat see how you guys are doing. Uh, it is insane that you're sharing all this for free. All you ingrates watching need to hit that like button. You know what? I can't argue with Drew. He makes a good point here. As far as giving money for free, that's just it. This is basic stuff. I like talking about it. Um, I don't get the guys who put all of their content behind a paywall. It makes no sense to me. Because to be honest, there's a reason people still go to school, even though people like MIT, MIT offers their entire course load for free online, but people are still going to MIT. So I take that strategy too. Like if you just read this stuff, you apply it and it works perfectly for you and you move on, that's awesome. But for people, a lot of people, most people do need some kind of feedback mechanism because they don't know how to calibrate it well. Or maybe they're having some issues with it, or sometimes they just need reassurances that they're doing it properly and what they can fix. I'm perfectly happy throwing that side of things under the paywall. Like, here's the information, use it or don't use it. If you need a little bit more, here you go. I mean, YouTube's made giving this stuff out for free kind of a, a value add anyway, so not too concerned about it. Yeah, and I Drew's like 80 20 balance. I'm probably skewed 90 10 for that balance, but whatever. It just, it forces me to step up my game and that when I get to the private communities, that 10%, now I have to build like another 30% on top of that. So if anything, the more I give away here, the harder I have to work for you guys behind the scenes. And I'm fine with that too. <laughs> it sounds like you're at a school lunchroom. It's making me hungry. Yeah, it's just the sink. Um, making coffee, that kind of stuff. Fine, you twisted my arm. And not everybody has the different discipline to self-study, yeah. But that's the goal. Like if my goal... We're gonna get it you know if you guys don't mind we got like another 20 minutes before i have to go um personal goal is i was already making good money corporate wise i make plenty good it was like you know like 110s where i was topping out at when i went and tried this so if it was about just making money at whatever i would just go there it's not about that i actually kind of remember so through my military career probably the best rewarding posting I had was when I was close to fleet school and I was actually training students. And I was like, Oh, this is, I actually went home at the end of the day and I enjoyed myself. I thought it was a great time. Um, seeing the guys actually become better sailors, seeing them go out into the fleet, hearing the feedback of how they've been doing now that they were on the ships, all that stuff. I thought it was awesome. And so part of this is getting back to that sense of rewarding. Yeah. So I'll just do it that way. And then on top of that, I just have to. It actually it lets me work my butt off, but doing it for a purpose. Part of the farm boy in me. I was raised on a ranch, if you guys don't know. So part of that having dirt at your hands at the end of the day and having something to show for your work, it's been real appealing to me too. So this is kind of neat. I actually regret not starting starting off freelancing on my own earlier because <laughs> the outbreak has shown that YouTube is out competing teachers. Ouch. <laughs> um, I guess we could take some time to. Just give a shout out to all the girls, the strong, independent women that are taking this time now to complain about how shitty their kids are and how much they hate them online. <laughs> I caught one of those two and I found it very ironic. I normally don't engage, but sometimes I do just for, you know, shits and giggles. There was one that was using that Rosie the Riveter picture of a girl doing like a bicep flex. Um, strong, independent woman, 100%. But then just complaining about how, you know, husband's not taking care of my kids enough. And it's a pain in the ass. and Everybody's just laughing at her. Then it turns out one of the, one of you, like a lot of you guys are fathers. And you've raised kids. They're teenagers now. And you're like, how many kids have you actually raised to adulthood? turns out she doesn't even, she has like one kid. And I think husband, but wasn't right sure about that. And it just turns out girls are just venting, complaining about anything. So that's funny. <laughs> that GD brought, oh yeah, Bull Rush. Dude, you took her way too seriously. I knew all she wanted to do was complain about how her kids drove her nuts, but it's kind of funny how how much how she turned that into the husband's fault. That's actually a good example of that chick was um when you would want to use a green amplify amuse mastery. In my case, I just nuked it. I'm like, please stop cyberbullying me. <laughs> please don't bully. I'm not one of your kids. Don't yell at me. <laughs> I was just getting vicious right there. I even got some, there's some girls that follow me on Twitter and even DM me to like, geez, I don't want to be on your bad side. I'm like, I hate that chick. Feminists are horrible people, but whatever. It gave some entertainment for you guys. So why not? I'll do that. Um, A freelancer was on the BBC talking about how hard it was to raise her kids and work from home. My heart did not bleed. Yeah, mine neither. honestly, Hard or not hard is irrelevant. People make choices and the difference between an adult and a child is the ability to understand the consequences of your choices and be okay with them. If you weren't okay with those consequences, you shouldn't have done what led to them. If you were okay with them, then you have them now and you need to find a way to cope. And if you weren't okay with them, but still really wanted to do the thing that gets you there, then you need to learn to mitigate the uh, consequences and make them either not so bad or make what you're going for a little safer. So anytime people are complaining, unless it's just some cathartic thing where they want to be told how great they are and like, oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. Yeah, for the most part, it's just watching children act like children. I can see why Aaron Clary wrote that book on uh, on how bad millennials are. We really are horrible people. (laughs) Ooh, Drew's got a good point here. So in his experience, nothing angers a girl who is close to past the wall as much as being called grandma. (laughs) Going after what hurts. They can keep saying that, you know, girls peak at 50. They can keep saying that health at any size. But as soon as you start touching those pressure points, you can see the honesty come out. And That's the great thing about Kenny Rogers' death, watching people find out what they truly care about. And in cases of most of my competition, it's the lizard people and the the juice. (laughs) For me, I just like sexual strategy. Look, this is no different than 9-11 or Zika or Ebola or the 1987 uh, SNL crash. There's 2008 housing crisis. It's just one more crisis that's overblown by at least 40%. We'll all be fine. On that note, we're going to finish this up. I'm going to finish this off on the half hour. Give me an hour to get ready for rule 0 have some breakfast and what have you. Let's see how you guys are doing in the chat. (laughs) Saying you're just like your mother. Dude, if you want to start a fight, even Rolo and I had a laugh on that. Just tell a girl, hey, you're acting like your mom right now. It's so weird. Like not accusatory, but just kind of like an observation. Oh, girls don't like that. (laughs) But whatever. If you don't need to pick a fight, don't pick a fight. (laughs) Yeah, calm down, deer is another good one. See, that's the funny thing. So I'm saying this right now is like a lark, but the guys that say calm down, deer, expecting her to actually calm down, they need these tools more than anything. But once you have them, calm down, deer can be like an amused mastery technique and something you can laugh off at the end. (laughs) i got zika i got better it's good to see you in the chat by the way Um, i don't know how long you've been here for rollo we just went over amuse mastery a green amplify fogging uh, negative inquiries and pressure flips five basic strategies guys can use the reasons they use them we cover a little bit of transactional analysis as well as uh, a status and a status and harmony hierarchy from vinkatesh Rao's work I referenced you four years later after the Roycey article on Amuse Mastery and how it kind of came to be and coalesced. So it was pretty cool anyway. Gave you a bit of a shout out. On a side note, guys, I actually have to start referencing Rollo more because I've noticed that the guys that hate him and talk trash about him on Twitter so much reference his work more than I do. And I feel like I'm really letting the team down. <laughs> Like I said, you guys keep sending me emails of like screenshots and emails and stuff that you're getting. And I just find it, I don't even get mad about it. I think it's great. All the people that are crapping on all of us here, they're just lifting our work and then repeating it back to you guys. Now, normally people would think that makes you angry because you're just stealing my work, but I enjoy it. It just lets me know we're doing things right. Like Even if somebody can't stand you, but they're still doing what you're doing, then it lets you know, yeah, you can't stab me, but I'm not wrong yeah and bulls right they completely misinterpret it and that does it puts a workload on guys like rollo and me and rich and john and troy in that a lot of our work now is becoming to fix misinformation but if you want to remember i referenced that uh sean smith dr smith's uh interpretation of dread where he got it completely wrong because he was listening to dr babe dr babe and who was the other one filling his head with nonsense i can't remember Some nobody anyway. And through me just correcting them, I actually had to get back into the material, look through the books, and I noticed there was huge gaps of information that hadn't been written down in a while. So a lot of the times, me having to correct this misinformation is actually a better thing for all of us. It keeps us sharp, and it makes sure that I understand what I'm talking about. Rolo understands what he's talking about. Yeah, 33 Secrets is talking about male hypergamy. Hey, he should do the Socrates thing and starts calling it hypogamy. That's like your first, by the way, your first indication, if you're talking to a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about, is every time he steals like a a concept from Red Pill, he tries to make some kind of equal male equivalent to it. So if a guy mentions hypogamy, which, what the hell does that even mean? Everybody know what hypergamy means, but you just try to make it sound opposite. Hypogamy. Hyper, hypo. Sure. hypagamy as soon as they try to do that false equivalence thing and try to find a male equivalent to a female thing, you know that you're just talking trash. They just want to find a way for the cosmos to be even and everything to be equal. And they're still following that, uh, equality mindset. All they are is MRAs, uh, minus the ranting about the Duluth model. <laughs> but yeah, so false equivalencies. What are the ones I've seen? Well, men like a all men are like that, which, and, guys have their standard things. But here's the thing. If you're talking about sexual dynamics from a male perspective to a male audience, all men are like that is completely irrelevant to the topic at hand. That's just you trying to cope with people being different and trying to make some kind of false equivalence. Men, for the most part, I think 90% of us don't sleep with men. So all men are like that, all of our sexual hangups, other than understanding which ones we have so we can shed them, we really don't care. It's completely out of scope. Hypergamy, hypogamy, or uh, what's the other one? Girls with notch counts are unattractive, so they'll try to say, well, guys that sleep around a lot are just old men that nobody likes and bad. But yeah, it's again, and that blank slate thing. <laughs> Rolo's going in savage in the chat right now. Yeah, dude, I don't even like referencing the guy he's referring to there. That's another problem with the sphere. I mean, I had a talk today with somebody about this where they're wondering like, oh, how do I become a big name? You guys, and I'm like, first off, I'm not a big name. <laughs> My YouTube channel is 8,000 people, you don't get much smaller. Even Rolo, 30,000 people, and like four books. But like, we're not Mike Cernovich is still like a bigger household name than us, so big name isn't really a good thing anyway. It's just a thing. Last thing you need to do is think about status. That's how you end up with like, uh, what's that guy's name, God Amongst Man Corey, something or other fancy man and luxury cars, not civics. Yeah. So once you start focusing on like status in the, the, the sphere, well, first off, that's embarrassing as hell. I've been trying like a hell to find a better name for the manosphere and like calling it this space or the sphere is the best I can do. I would love to be able to call it something else, but it's hard to find a name that doesn't sound masturbatory. Like the, the male space, the man club locker room is the the second choice I have. And I'm kind of using that for like the private community and what I do as a brand, but what anyways, so yeah, all these guys are focused on status. That's why Pat Stedman keeps telling Rolo he wants to debate him. Well, absolutely irrelevant, because what's he going to do? We already saw that. We had a guy go on with John, who's like a big name in the face. And he went on with John, and John's like, all right, we'll have a debate. And all he did, first off, he dropped an N-bomb on John, called him a bundle of sticks, and then uh, showed up 45 minutes late with a Pikachu uh, avi, and just started throwing out insults, and then just left. So like, that's not a debate. These guys don't want debates. They just want to spurge out and they want to have status by trying to chop you at the ankles, completely unproductive. And it just makes everybody look ridiculous. So I find that engaging that status hierarchy stuff and who's the best red pill that ever red pilled is just dragging everybody down. It's a drowning guy dragging the guy who's trying to save him down with them. And so I don't find it's very useful. Um, Matt, your question. Do I have a car? Yes, I do have a car. I have a Lexus CT 200. It's a hybrid. I don't like driving. It's a glorified shopping cart to me. Although now I might start driving. Now with uh, the Kenny Rogers situation, no traffic outside my building. It used to be gridlock from like four o'clock till eight o'clock every day in the week. But now that suburb peoples are at home, I can actually just go out for like a casual drive around town and I might start doing that again. <laughs> the testosterone zone. I like that. I can only picture, uh, pick Kenny Loggins songs playing in the background of that one, Marty, the testosterone. But yeah, so that's, and that's the other thing you got to look out for guys who are shooting for status, guys who are trying to make false equivalencies, and guys who are trying to be the best, the biggest. I know, uh, Tate just had a, I had a show with, uh, Rich Cooper, and he talks about, yeah, like, why wouldn't you have ego? Like, you work hard, ego is what drives you to, and that works for him great. I'm finding though, Tate, awesome guy. He does what he does. Um, a lot of what Tate does works because Tate is like a hardworking six foot four kickboxing champion who, you know, makes a lot of money completely amorally. The average guy is probably not going to be able to do Tate because Tate does Tate. I don't find his strategy is particularly replicatable, which is fine. The mindset's there. I think it's great. I like seeing it. Like the guy, whatever. Um, are they actually live now? Oh, that'd be a funny. Send me a link. I'm curious how many, how many dozens of views they have, maybe one. Um, but that's the other thing. So once you see a guy trying to be a status symbol, then you realize he's spending most of his time fighting for status and not a lot of time getting any work done or getting better at delivering his content in a more refined or accurate or helpful way. So between those two things, you kind of get a good idea as to who's misinterpreting information and who's not. Now it's up to you. Maybe I'm doing this and I don't know I'm doing it, but that's going to be on you guys to see, not me. I'm just going to go ahead, assuming I'm not a moron and you guys just, you know, I don't really listen much to feedback anyway, because I find it doesn't matter what I do. There's going to be some people saying it's the best I've ever seen. And then some people are saying like, you're absolute trash. I wish you'd go die in a fire. So I just stop listening to feedback. And it's one of those, and then people who tell me how to do content, I don't listen to that either. Cause it just, it's not productive. But on that note, I think we hit it up. We'll do a quick chat here, see how everybody's doing. And then we're going to let you go, grab some breakfast, and then we're going to do a rule zero. Uh, Rolo has some confessions and some things he's going to tell you about in there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm watching the Rich and Tate show after this. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Like I said, I caught about half of it, which I'm so busy creating stuff and working now. I don't have time to watch anymore. So the rare chance I get to watch something of Rolo's or Riches or uh, John's or uh, Jack's, Jack Napier, Masculine Geek Guys, Rob, any chance I get to watch them, Nick August, is like a bonus right now. So I always get very, very far behind. And a lot of the times you guys let me know, hey, just so you know, like I didn't know about the Tate, the tate Rich thing until uh, people started talking about it. I'm like, oh, OK, I'll check it out then. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Even though Rich is in the chat, we talk all the time and he said he was going to happen. I still didn't click. <laughs> so yeah, you guys are helpful too, because if there's stuff that's interesting that I would probably want to watch and learn something from, I basically find out through you guys. So cheers. Um. Oh, last question before I go then. So when is Winemore Please coming back? I don't know. He comes when he comes. He's busy right now. He does. Uh, he's busting his ass. PhD data analytics, his boss is running him ragged. He's earning a killing on that. Plus he's starting up his own side business. Plus he's starting up, he's on, uh, I think he had jury duty for the last little bit. Plus he's got a four-year-old at home. So he's busy AF. And so if he can carve out any amount of time for us, like an hour, it's always a blessing because he basically has no time. So he comes when he comes, same as Carl. Carl's busy as well. There's a reason I like these guys or like uh, rule zero dad, Corey. Because their lives are busy. They're doing what we're telling you guys to do. And they're the guys that I've been peers with for the longest time. And now I was doing what they were doing too. And now I'm doing this. So um, yeah, I would actually be kind of worried if they were always available for us to do podcasts with. Because that means they're probably LARPing. That's something to let you know. All right. So Rule Zero is going to be starting in about an hour. It's going to be on Rich's channel. I just sent out a link in the tweets. So go check my tweets. Actually, you know what? Let's uh I'll copy the link to the tweet for Rich's thing right here. Go ahead, click it, it'll send you a link to it. We'll see you at eleven thirty. And I will catch you guys later. Oh, here's gonna something. Let's see if I can do it.